Welcome to the podcast of Leeds First Methodist Church. We are so glad you decided to tune in with us today. The following sermon was preached by Pastor Chris, and it is the second sermon in our church's Turn the Lights On Again series. If you would like to watch the entire worship service, you can do so by visiting our website at leadsfirst.org, and at the top of the page, go to Worship and click Online Worship. Thank you, worship team. Um, if you don't know, they're down a, at least one man and one woman this week. Joseph and Dale are out sick, so y'all be praying for their recovery. But good job for those that are here and leading well. My name is Chris Stallings. It's my privilege to get to be pastor of Leeds First Methodist Church. This term, epiphany, in the season that follows Christmas in the life of the church, it starts with the epiphany of our Lord Day and then the Lord's Baptism Day, which we marked last Sunday. And epiphany means the appearance or manifestation. It's marked by the arrival of the Magi who came from the east, guided by the star to baby Jesus, like that star or light guided the Magi to Jesus, the light of Christ is inviting us to him in the season of Epiphany. And so we have the sermon series entitled, Turn the Lights On Again. We're guided by this key verse from Ephesians 5, verse 8. And it reads, For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. And so in this series, you're invited to turn the light on again. In part two, we look at turn the lights on again as known by God or known by God. Well, would you rather be known as a number or by your name? You like that? I mean, it feels like being known by our name feels like we're known, right? It's a personal relationship, a sense of caring. Being known as a number feels like we may not even be known at all, even a sense of anonymousness. There was a time when I was known primarily by my number. When I was in college, people knew me by my number. You may think, oh, did you play sports? It's like, no. When I went to college, you were known by your student number. I didn't play any sports, right? But the student number was required to get into the cafeteria to eat. The student number was required for signing up or registering for classes. In fact, the student number was how the professors posted the grades outside their classroom. It said, student number this. And, well, we won't get into the grade part of that. That's how we were known. The trouble with being known by that number in both universities I attended, the University of Alabama Huntsville and Auburn did this at the time. They used your social security number as your student number. Turns out that number that seems anonymous was very personal. I don't know if they had a hack, but eventually we learned that you can't go by your social security number because once people know that and just a little bit of other information, they can know a lot about you. They can know how much money you make. They can know how much money you got in the bank account. They can even use it in a criminal way to steal your identity or even create a parallel identity where they take all your money and assets. 
And so in that regard, whether we're known by our name or known by a number, we want to be known by a people who we can trust. And so I dream, I hope, I believe this church is a church where you can be known. That you want to be known, where you can be known, and where you know others. But that truth begins by our being known by God. Let's look at the Bible passage in the book of John. If you got your Bible, I invite you to open it up. If you got your Bible on the app, I invite you to turn it on. Or if you downloaded the online worship guide from the text here, you'll see this passage in there. But we're going to look at the Gospel of John. John opens with this kind of introduction to the concept of the Word. In the beginning was the Word. And that Word is the Greek term logos. And it's a kind of Greek uh, concept for all knowledge, all power. And John uses it to equate to God's omniscience or all-knowing, omnipresence or always present and all powerful. And then John translates that. It says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And, and from that we infer Jesus was with God because he goes on to say, and the Word became flesh. And that's Jesus, God among us. And so Jesus is the ministry of God on earth or God's presence on earth. And so the Gospel of John goes on to start telling about God with us. John moves from the introduction of the word to the, the very example of that in Jesus' ministry on earth. John the Baptist was a prophetic voice or a witness to Jesus' coming. John describes himself as a messenger crying out, prepare the way of the Lord. As Jesus' ministry on earth manifests itself, John cries out as he sees Jesus coming, behold, there is the Lamb of God. And so when John the Baptist validates Jesus or points people to Jesus, John's followers begin to follow Jesus. And then those followers begin to invite others to follow Jesus and a movement is born. And so we're going to pick up that scene in John chapter 1 beginning in verse 43 as other disciples are being invited to follow Jesus. As a note, I'm going to be reading the New Living Translation, or NLT, if you want to follow along word for word, switch your app to that. The words will also be on the screens above the stage. John 1, verse 43 reads, The next day, Jesus decided to go to Galilee. He found Philip and said to him, Come follow me. Philip was from Bethsaida, Andrew and Peter's hometown. Philip went to look for Nathanael and told him, We have found the very person Moses and the prophets wrote about. His name is Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Verse 46. Nazareth, <laughs> exclaimed Nathanael, can anything good come from Nazareth? Well, come and see for yourself, Philip replied. Verse 47, as they approached, Jesus said, Now here is a genuine son of Israel, a man of complete integrity. Well, how do you know about me, Nathaniel asked. Jesus replied, I could see you under the fig tree 
before Philip found you. Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. Jesus asked him, do you believe just because I told you I, see, I had seen you under the fig tree, you will see even greater things than this? Then he said, I tell you the truth, you will see all, or you will all see heaven open and the angels of God going up and coming down on the Son of Man, the one who is the stairway between heaven and earth. This is the word of God for the people of God and we say, thanks be to God. As Jesus encounters people, he invites them to follow him and empowered by God's spirit, he knew them only as the creator of every life could know the soul of every created being. In verse 48, we see this interaction where Nathaniel says, well, how did you know me? And Jesus said, because I saw you. In God, we have a God that knows because he sees you. The Bible teaches that God knows humanity because he created humanity. In fact, he created according to Genesis chapter 1 verse 27 in his own image. Speaking of the prophet Jeremiah, God says, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I've set you apart. And even in our life, when we've messed up, when we've sinned, God still knows us. In Romans 5, 8, it says that while we were yet sinners, Christ still died for us. And so in this passage in verse 47, Jesus reaches out knowing Nathaniel and knowing his potential in the light of Christ. He greets him and says, here comes a man of complete integrity. So in spite of our sin nature, in spite of the sin that we've all committed, God knows you. But he also knows the light of Christ that can shine in you and through you. Let's look at this passage in a bit more depth and how we might have that light in our life because we are known by God. If you've got your worship outline or the online worship guide, you can follow along with these points. Take notes and fill in the blanks. Number one, known by God to follow Jesus. To follow Jesus. Verse 43 reads, the next day Jesus decided to go to Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, come and follow me. If you're going to follow someone, it feels like you ought to know that person. It's hard to say, I'm going to follow this stranger and do whatever they say. Anybody ever done that? I don't advise that, right? We, in fact, teach our kids, don't follow the strangers. I talked about being known in college by my number, my student number, but there was some different relationship or level of knowing people when I was in college. Did you have different relationship or did you just treat everybody the same? No. I had there's one class of knowing people I call my game day buddies. Anybody have game day buddies in college? These were the people you sat around at the football game on Saturday. Not necessarily the ones you went with, but just happened to be on the front row or the row in front of you or the row behind you. But in the moments of the game, you were very close, right? Whenever you'd score or the team would get a first down, high fives all around, including those people you didn't know before that day. 
When you score a touchdown, oftentimes there'd be hugs or whatever we call those or chest bumps, right? With those people that we had just met. But when the game was over, when the celebration win or lose was done, we didn't follow them. Many of those people I never saw again. They were just good game day buddies. Then there were your butts, right? Your classmates, your roommates, your friends. These were people you not only kind of went to the ball games with, but you did life with. You went to class, you studied, you shared the highlights and sometimes the lowlights or even cried through together. Some of you have some of these friends still in your life today. Anybody still talk with a college or high school buddy? Yeah. But then there was the next level of knowing. And this is your person. And if you met your spouse in college or school, there's a whole other level of knowing. You dated each other. You hung out. You laughed. You cried. You even made plans for the future together. I remember when my wife and I were dating in college and it got close to my senior year and graduating and it started looking like, hey, I might take a job in Texas or Kentucky or Tennessee. She said, or I asked her, well, what do you think? And she said, it doesn't matter. I just want to go where you go. I was like, yeah, right? Whenever we are invited to be known by Jesus, it's because he knows you. He invites you to know him. He invites you to trust him. He invites you to follow him with an intimacy, a deep relationship that starts with his knowledge of you. Known, to, known by God to follow Jesus. Number two. Known by God who allows doubts. Known by God who allows doubts. Verse 46. Nazareth, exclaimed Nathaniel, can anything good come from Nazareth? Come and see for yourself, Philip replied. Nathaniel was, well, Nathaniel was a little jerk. <laughs> right? Can anything good come from Nazareth? And it wasn't without some merit. You see, Nazareth wasn't the hotbed of up-and-coming religious leaders, not even political power. It was a place of, of humble people. Maybe even ones that those that were in the religious elite had propagated it, looked down upon. Like nothing good comes from there. It was a town that it wasn't a good place to be from. Maybe you're from a town like that. Or maybe you've even looked down on others that are from a place like that. Maybe, maybe you look down on the opposing or rival teams fans like that. Oh, I can't believe they're... Or maybe you've looked down on your rival high school town like that. Or maybe you've looked down on people or been looked down because of the side of the tracks that you're from. Nathaniel at first looked down upon Jesus because he was from Nazareth, but Jesus didn't let that stop him from reaching out 
to Nathaniel. In fact, his very first words to Nathaniel were an encouragement, were a complimentary greeting. Even those that saw the very best or the potential best in Nathaniel. Words that confirmed Jesus allows doubters to follow him. In fact, it's from his highest position of all authority and almighty God to the lowest of sinners that Jesus reaches out with an invitation to follow me. And it's on that path of following Jesus where Jesus begins to deal with our doubts. He doesn't say, wait till you're free from doubts and then start following me. He's like, come and follow me. And it's along that journey of following Jesus. We're like, whoa, he saw me. That was enough for Nathaniel to believe. Others saw it in the truth that he taught and the miracles he performed and ultimately in the resurrection from his death. As that journey of following Jesus, your journey of following Jesus, that Jesus transforms your doubts into faith, even transforming prejudice that are evil into God's power, His light in you. Known by God who allows doubts. Number three, known by God to worship Jesus. Known by God to worship Jesus. Verse 49 says, Then Nathanael exclaimed, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, the King of Israel. In this statement, Nathanael responds to the invitation to follow Jesus with an emphatic, Yes, I'm in. Three key terms in this rabbi, which means teacher, like you're worthy of me being learned or taught by you. Calls him son of God, which affirms the divinity of Jesus. And he says king of Israel, which confirms all authority or power. Teacher, Lord, king, we worship you, Jesus. Acknowledging Jesus as Lord is the beginning of worship. It's the, the core of what worship is. And that's the, the kind of beginning path. On our faith journey, our church exists to make paths for more people to know and to grow like Jesus. That you would be more than a number. We do have numbers around here. One of them's 148, 148. What? Well, that's the number of people that attended on an average week in 2023 at our church. But more than the number, we want to have a place where you can be known by name. And so each semester or a couple of times a year, we have what's called an on-ramp. And it's to help guide you on our discipleship map. A discipleship map is just kind of like, here's the steps to be more like Jesus. This next slide will show you what we believe are those primary steps. Come to a worship service. Begin attending a worship service. Know Jesus or having already known Jesus, begin to worship him. The next step is to grow in a group where we gather together around scripture and prayer and care and fellowship for one another. 
The next path is to serve where you use the gifts and abilities and, and the interest and the heart that God's given you to love God and love others and to serve the mission of his church. And then the fourth path is to reach out to others to illustrate the truth and the love of Jesus. They might be in, invited to faith in his church. And so the on-ramp that we have each semester is kind of like, do y'all know the on, like taking the on-ramp in a traffic? Right, nobody likes red lights. Does anybody like red lights? Well, some of you that like watch movies at the red lights, I see you. <laughs> Put your phone, no. Red lights are a hassle, they're slow, they impede our progress. An on-ramp is the fastest way to get merged into traffic and start getting where you want. Red lights stop people, on-ramps empower us to get where we need to be. And so we have an on-ramp a couple of times a year that's primarily to help folks that are new to the church to get going on their path and journey of faith and following Jesus. But it's also a place for those that have been attending Maybe you've been attending a worship service but hadn't stepped into a grow group or a serve team. This is the chance, the season to do that in a way that's like, hey, I'm going to be part of what everybody else is doing. I'm going to jump in to that. It can also be a place where you kind of pivot. Like, is your schedule the same this year as it was in 2010? No, right? And so life changed. Maybe fall and spring are different for you. So this is a chance to pivot where I could be in a morning group. Now I got to be in a, a midweek group or something like that. Or I tried this serve team. I'm not any good at being the lead vocalist on the worship band, <laughs> right? And so I'm going to do something else. So this is a chance to pivot. So what you sign up for or take the on-ramp for is what you're in. If you don't sign up for something, you'll be taken or removed from those teams. And so the way you can take the on-ramp today is to text the word GROW, G-R-O-W, to our text in number 205 772-4906. The on-ramp opens today and will be open next week and the next week for three Sundays through the end of January. When you text that word GROW, we'll reply with a link to our on-ramp form online. You'll share your information. There's, I think there's even a cool way to say I want to stay in what I've been in and just keep doing that. If you don't do that, then it'll show you all the different options for you to be on a grow group, on a serve team. And so I invite you to do that this week, next week, or before the end of January so that we begin running in February from then through the end of summer with our second semester or spring semester for worship, grow, and serve. Sign up for yours. Be a part of God's work and light in you. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for the blessing of your light. Thank you for the blessing of your presence. Epiphany of the Lord that shines the light that helps us be a part of your kingdom work. God, I pray in this season, this on-ramp season of our church, you invite each one to faith, to worship, be a part of growing closer to you and others in a group. Be a part of serving the mission of your church on a team. God, if there are any doubts in this place, I invite you to awaken hearts to faith. 
put our trust in you. In Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We would love for you to visit us in person at 8.45 a.m. for modern worship or at 11 a.m. for traditional worship. If you would like to plan a visit, simply text the word CONNECT to the number 205-772-4906 and you'll be sent a link to get you started. Thanks again and God bless.